I'm so glad that you have joined us for this edition of the School of Faith. This is Apostle Paul Young. My goal is to teach believers how to walk by faith, live by faith, fight the good fight of faith, and overcome by faith. This is possible for you, but you have to learn what faith is, how it works, and most important, how you are to apply it in your everyday life. Now let's go into our School of Faith session for today. Well, praise the Lord. We're back again. Back again for session number two for tonight. And if you are listening on podcast, I would highly recommend you back up and listen to the one immediately before this because these two are connected. School of Faith happens on Friday night here at Word of Life. And we we do two 45-minute sessions with a five-minute break in between. <clears throat> and so that, what it does is helps me, in the second session, I don't have to review everything because we just did it. So <clears throat> that's, I, I always try to put that out there because there's, we always have people, new people picking up our uh, podcast. And, oh, and our podcast is now available on Pandora. Praise God. All right. <clears throat> now, uh Let's go to Galatians chapter 3, Galatians chapter number 3. We're looking at the three scriptures that we started with tonight, that each one of them said, the just shall live by faith. So we've, we've looked at the foundation of faith in that it is the word of faith. <clears throat> See, when I, when I hear people just talking about, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing something by faith, da, 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 and, and I don't hear about the word of faith, then I wonder, what is it that has energized their faith? And many times, <clears throat> they're not walking by faith because they don't understand it. They're, they want something to happen, they desire something to happen, but it's not happening because they don't have a word from God and they don't understand how faith works. <clears throat> but now we're in our second year here at the School of Faith and we are digging into the deep yogurt, amen? <laughs> okay, Galatians chapter three and the verse we read earlier tonight was Galatians 3.11, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident, for the just shall live by faith. Now, we want to see what is going on in this chapter to see the context of this verse, the just shall live by faith. There's, There's two very important rules that you need to observe when when you're digging into the word and you are interpreting and understanding what a verse means and what it says. And rule number one is the original meaning of the words because there's a lot of words that have changed in their meaning over time from the time that King James ordered the Bible to be translated into English. <clears throat> and the, the, the English 
language of the 1400s is a lot different than the English language of the <clears throat> 2000s. You understand? So uh, that's why it's important to get yourself a concordance. A, I recommend a Strong's, but now most people have smartphones and there is many, many free Bible apps that have Strong's in them where you can look up the word and look up the Greek or the Hebrew definition. Now, usually if it's Strong's or, or Vines or one of those, it will be a abbreviated definition, but it will get you the idea. Now, if you want to go deeper, you can get a lot more exhaustive stuff. You can get stuff like what I have. Uh, I have one set of books that uh, uh, sometimes will have 30 to 60 pages on one word. Now, you talk about getting into the deep yogurt. That's where you're really in the deep dive. <clears throat> but it's, it really is good stuff. But at least get a Strong's Concordance or some form of it where you can look up and see what is this Greek word or what is this Hebrew word. So that's number one, the original meaning of the word. Number two is context. What is the context of that particular word in that particular verse? <clears throat> because you know as well as I do, you can take stuff out of context. <clears throat> and uh, if you take stuff out of context, you can come up with all kinds of squirrely weird stuff. You can take one verse, <clears throat> Judas went and hanged himself. Take another verse that says, go thou and do likewise. You put those two together and you have a suicide doctrine. Well, that's not right. That's not right. Don't do that. So that's why we need to, why it says study to show yourselves approved unto God. So we're going to look at the context <clears throat> of verse 11, where it says the just shall live by faith. And I think if we look at the context, we're going to learn some things about this. <clears throat> Let's go back to verse number one of Galatians. Oh, foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, <clears throat> crucified among you. This only would I learn of you, received ye the spirit by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith. Now here's the problem at, at the Galatian church. <clears throat> there were people came into the Galatian church and said <clears throat> that, yeah, you can believe on Jesus, but you have to keep the law. You know, everything that the law says you got to do. You have to bring sacrifices. <clears throat> you have to, you know, observe the Sabbath day. You got to not work. You got to do this. You got to do that. Everything that the law says. <clears throat> and Paul, writing to the Galatians, he says, Oh, foolish Galatians, you yahoos, what in the world are you doing? <clears throat> Who has bewitched you? Who has cast a spell on you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you? Then he says in verse 2, this only would I learn of you. I, I just, we, we would say it today, answer me one thing. Just answer one question. Okay, what's his question? <clears throat> Received ye the Spirit by the works of the law 
or by the hearing of faith? Did you get saved by following the law or did you get saved because you heard a word from God, you heard it in your heart, a rhema word, you believed it, you received by making Jesus Christ Lord of your life. Is that how you received the Spirit of God or was it because you kept the law? <clears throat> there have been people trying to keep the law for, for hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years and they didn't get the Spirit of God. And that's, what, that's why Paul is asking the question. How did you get this? <clears throat> Verse 3. Are you so foolish? Foolish. Having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? You got born again. How did you get born again? It took faith. <clears throat> you had to hear a word from God. That word from God went in and energized the faith of God in you. And you received it, believed it, and then you acted on it. And that's what released the power of God to change you. And Paul says, if that's how you started, why do you think that now you can go back to living under the law. See, <clears throat> living under the law was comfortable for them because the Jewish people had been taught this all their lives. See, if we're not careful, we can receive something from God, get saved, and then live like the world. Live like the religious folk. <clears throat> hey, didn't you notice the religious folk don't have any power? Didn't you notice the religious folk are not getting healed? The religious folk are not casting out devils. The religious folk are not speaking in new tongues. Huh. Seems to me something's missing here. <clears throat> Seems to me there's some ingredients left out of this here cake. And without those ingredients, we ain't got a cake. Uh-huh. <clears throat> okay. Now, the obvious answer here to verse number three is, no, you didn't get what you got by keeping the law, by doing something in the flesh. What you got, you got by faith. Now, <clears throat> let's read on here. Verse number four. Have you suffered so many things in vain if, they, if it be yet in vain? Did you go all through all this and not learn a thing? Verse 5. He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Now remember, we're talking about the word of faith. The word of faith is not a movement. <clears throat> the word of faith is not the name of a church, although I think there's some churches that are named that. <clears throat> the word of faith is not a particular ministry, although there are some ministries named that. <clears throat> no, the word of faith is what the Bible calls 
the righteousness or the right way of faith. And that's what we've been talking about these last several weeks. That the word, the rhema word, energizes the faith of God in you. And when you receive that, believe it, and act upon it, it releases the power of God. Hallelujah. I have seen literally thousands of people healed. I've lost track of how many people have been healed. Signs, wonders, miracles. Both here at Word of Life and when I travel overseas and travel to other churches wherever I go. I have watched this happen time after time after time. And let me tell you something. None of it was because of the law or the flesh. None of it. It was all by the hearing of faith. You see, I listen to the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit directs me to do something, what did I just hear? I heard a rhema word from God. Remember what Jesus said? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that is proceeding out of the mouth of God. How does a word come? The Holy Ghost. And when the Holy Ghost gives me a word and tells me, there are people, because I've done this, I don't know how many times, I lose track. But he'll tell me what, what is needed in a congregation. Sometimes he will point out the person. Not always, but sometimes. And I'll say, uh, for example, uh, there's somebody in here that that has a problem with your your wrist and your hand, that there's a stiffness right there, and and you you got pain there. Come up here, God's going to heal you. And and I'm thinking it's like one person, and I get three, four, five people all coming up. Now, what did I I get? I, I got a word, a rhema word. Now, because I believe it and I received it, now, I spoke it out, and I told people exactly what it is that God said. <clears throat> now, when the people come up, I see every one of them get healed. Every one of them. Why? It's called the gifts of the Spirit in operation. <clears throat> How does that work? It works by the hearing of faith, or we could call it the word of faith. Because if there's not a word, there's nothing to energize the faith. Remember, and I keep coming back to this illustration. Don't don't get upset with me because I use the same illustration over and over. You may have got it the first time, but there's probably somebody watching tonight or or listening or whatever that has not heard it. Okay, the the rhema word to faith is like a, a cell phone battery to the cell phone. The cell phone by itself with no battery has no power, will not do a thing. But if you put the battery in, now the cell phone can do something. You can make a call. You can get texts. You can take pictures. You can take videos. You can do all kinds of things if you have the power. See? And the power of God for your faith is the rhema word. You see? That's why it's called the word of faith. And that's why here he talks about the hearing of faith. Because if you didn't hear God say anything, what are you doing? 
What are you doing? You're not doing something by faith. I'll tell you that. That's why it ain't working. Okay. Now. <clears throat> so he says, he that ministereth to you, verse 5, the spirit. Now, what's he talking about? He's talking about releasing the power of God, releasing the Holy Spirit to do something. <clears throat> and works miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Well, the obvious answer here is it's the hearing of faith. Verse 6. <clears throat> Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. <clears throat> know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. If you're walking by faith, the just shall live by faith. And if you're <clears throat> walking, living by faith, you are the children of Abraham. Yes, you are. <clears throat> because... They that are of faith, the same, are the children of Abraham. Why? Because Abraham walked by faith. Abraham believed and received what God told him about having a child, about being blessed, about what God was going to do. He believed God and he acted on it. How do we know he acted on it? <clears throat> because he started out in Ur of the Chaldees and God said, if you go where I tell you to go, I'm going to do this, this, and this. <clears throat> what did Abraham do? Because he believed it and received it, he acted on it. And he left where he was. Action. See, that's why it says, faith without works is dead. Being alone. <clears throat> faith has got to have action. Based on the rhema word. All right. <clears throat> so, goes on. Verse number eight. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would, ju would justify the heathen through faith, guess what? Heathen, that's you and me. We were heathens before we came to God. <clears throat> Preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. Nine. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. They which be of faith. That's supposed to be you and me. Are blessed with faithful Abraham. See, the good news here is we get to get in on it. We get to get in on the blessing of Abraham. We get to get in on what God promised to Abraham. Oh, wow. Then he goes <clears throat> in verse 10. <clears throat> he says, you can get in on it. We can get in on it. But then he, then he goes back to the old way, the, the, the law in verse 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. <clears throat> the children of Israel proved over thousands of years that nobody could keep the law. Nobody could keep the law, and they didn't, <clears throat> until Jesus came. Jesus kept the law all the way up 
<clears throat> to his sacrifice, his crucifixion. Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. <clears throat> now, verse 11 says, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident. For the just shall live by faith. We get something here in the New Testament <clears throat> that only a few people got in a little bit on it in the Old Testament. <clears throat> they were trying to keep the law. They were trying to keep the law. You say, well, Abraham got in on it. Well, guess what? Abraham was before the law. He was 400 years before the law. Over 400 years. Wow. See, <clears throat> and then they had the law. Because the, in the Old Testament, the people were not born again. Being born again, like we talk about now, that didn't happen until after the resurrection. So all the people in the Old Testament, they weren't born again. Their spirit man wasn't changed. <clears throat> Everything they did was outward, not inside. <clears throat> so they had a problem. And the law could not get people right. That's why it says in verse 11 that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. <clears throat> I feel sorry for people that are trying to go through ritual to please God. Going through the motions. Okay, I go to church. I go to church. Well, it's good that you go to church, but why do you go to church? <clears throat> well, if I don't go to church, God's going to be mad at me. No, 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 you're keeping the law. I read my Bible. Why do you read your Bible? Do you read your Bible because you want to? Or, or do you read your Bible as a religious exercise? Do you get anything out of it? Hello? <laughs> See, a lot of people, they might not live by the law of Moses, but they live by a different law. Well, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. And that will justify me. No, it won't. <clears throat> the Bible says, Paul said in Romans <clears throat> that our righteousness is as filthy rags. In other words, anything you try to do to be righteous is, is filthy rags. It's worthless. Worthless. But <laughs> when you make Jesus Christ Lord of your life, then your righteousness is of him, not of you. See, you can't get righteous enough but you can have his righteousness on you. Hallelujah. See, <clears throat> and you can walk and live by faith. How's that? H how's that work? You got to be listening for the rhema word and do what God says. See, in the Old Testament, we got a law. Got to do this, 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 and this. In the New Testament, you got to li be listening to God. Now, here's the problem. A lot of Christians don't listen to God worth spit. <clears throat> I'm not condemning you. I'm trying to help you. 
I'm trying to help you see. <clears throat> this is about, we say, <clears throat> this is about a relationship. Now, haven't you said that? A lot of people have said that. <clears throat> Having Jesus Christ as Lord of your life is about a relationship. It's not about a religion. <clears throat> now, a lot of evangelicals say that. But how is your relationship? Have you been listening to the rhema words? Are you doing what you're doing because God spoke to you? <clears throat> or when I say God spoke to you, you go, oh, no, God doesn't speak to people anymore. Wow. Then how in the world are you going to live by faith? Because it is called the word of faith. And Jesus said, you're supposed to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, the rhema word that comes to you. And if you don't hear God and you haven't heard God in years, how in the world do you walk by faith? The answer is you're not. <clears throat> now, don't get mad at me. I'm just the messenger <laughs> trying to help you. <clears throat> See, I want, I'm trying to help you get out of the <clears throat> not living by faith and get you into walking by faith. That's what I'm trying to do. <clears throat> sometimes I got to get real blunt to get people's attention. And, you know, <clears throat> sometimes people are, are so set <clears throat> in a rut that, that needs a good jar to get them out of the rut. Guess what? I'm here to bounce you out of your rut. <clears throat> Don't change the channel. Don't turn me off. We still got time to go here. <clears throat> I'm trying to help you. All right. So the just shall live by faith. Verse 12. The, the just shall live by faith. That's the new way he's saying. Then verse 12, and the law is not of faith. See, this is the old way. <clears throat> the man that doeth them shall live in them. So if you want to do it by law, you can live there <clears throat> but you're not going to have the power of God. You can live by law. I must do this. I must do this. I must do this. That's a lousy way to live. <clears throat> what you need to do is be living by faith because you have a word, not just one word, but word after word after word. Why do I come to church? <clears throat> now, somebody said, because you're the pastor. <laughs> well, yes, I'm here because I'm the pastor. But why am I the pastor? Because I have a word from God. Therefore, because I have a revelation of the word from God in my heart, <clears throat> I say, yes, I believe it, receive it, and I am acting on it. And guess what? There is a continual flow of the power of God that enables me to pastor. Because people, if I had to do this on my own, I'd have quit a long time ago. <clears throat> I've been doing this for 46 years plus. And I can attest to the faithfulness of God and the power of God to <clears throat> do what God has sent me to do. Hallelujah. This is good. And see, and it's, it's supposed to be the same thing for you. This is not just for the preacher. This is for everybody. The just shall live by faith. Why do you come to church? Well, we're supposed to. 
Wrong answer. You shouldn't be coming to church because God has spoken to your heart. You have a rhema that that's where you need to be. So it's not, I'm coming because I'm supposed to. No, I'm coming because God said do it and I'm pleasing him and I want to please God. And there's power that's released when I come to church because I am acting on a rhema word from God. See, this is why you can have one person sitting right next to another one. This one is receiving and the power of God is flowing and this one is dry as toast and like cornflakes with no milk. Why? Because they're there out of duty. Now, it's good to have a sense of duty, but that's, duty should be behind what you're doing, not in front, not leading you. Amen? All right. <clears throat> now, let's keep going here. We're not done. We've got, we got to get the whole context of what's going on here to understand this phrase, this statement, the just shall live by faith. <clears throat> so verse 12 says, the law is not of faith, the man that doeth them shall live in them. Verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. <clears throat> for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Now, what is the curse of the law? It says here, Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law. What is the curse of the law? <clears throat> the curse of the law can be summed up because we're not going to take time to go back in the Old Testament and read through all the law and, and figure it out. <clears throat> we don't have that much time. The curse of the law can be summed up. Everything in the curse of the law falls under three headings. Poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. Spiritual death means separated from God. <clears throat> Those three things right there. Poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. That covers Everything under the curse of the law. Now it says <clears throat> Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Redeemed us. <clears throat> now, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. <clears throat> Anytime the Bible talks about you are redeemed from something, you also need to understand what you have been redeemed to. <clears throat> if you're going to leave this room, you're going to come from this room, you're going to have to go to another room, the foyer, or to the outside. <clears throat> you cannot get to the foyer without leaving this room. So you're always, <clears throat> there's always something you're redeemed from and what you are redeemed to. <clears throat> Too many people only know what they've been redeemed from and they've never got to what they've been redeemed to. If I'm going from the house, I'm going to the outside. If I'm going from the car, I'm going to the outside. I'm going from the outside, I'm getting in the car. If you're going from, you got to go to. Amen? Now, <clears throat> Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. <clears throat> now, what did he redeem us to? Verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham 
might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. We've been redeemed from the curse of the law and been redeemed to the blessing of Abraham. Hallelujah. I think it'd be a good thing for you to go back and do a little bit of studying on Abraham. Just do a little study and read through the life of Abraham and look at what God did in Abraham's life. Why? Simply because he chose to walk by faith. Wow. God did all this stuff. I mean, he took him from being a nobody and made him the most powerful man in the whole Middle East. Wow. See, God does what he says. And somebody goes, well, God did that for Abraham, but he didn't do that for me. Oh, 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 oh wait, 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 wait. What do you mean he didn't do it for you? Did Christ redeem you from the curse of the law? Are you born again of the Spirit of God? Then yes, Christ did redeem you from the curse of the law. <clears throat> Some of you still got to get that figured out. <clears throat> he redeemed you from spiritual death, yes, separation from God. He also redeemed you from sickness. Well, if God redeemed me from sickness, how come I'm sick? Because you don't know what you've been redeemed to. That's why. And you obviously don't know what you've been redeemed from. If you've been redeemed from something, why would you keep it? <clears throat> you know, there's, there, there's a truth that has been taught very well, I think, in the evangelical world. <clears throat> that truth is this. Jesus was the substitution for you and for me. He took our sins. And because Jesus took our sins, when you come to Jesus Christ, when you accept Jesus as Lord of your life, <clears throat> all of your sins are gone, washed away because Jesus took them all for you. <clears throat> I don't find too many evangelical Christians who are walking around saying, I got to carry this load of sin. I just got to carry this load of sin. Oh, I've done so much bad. It just, the sin is weighing me down. Oh, I, Jesus has saved me, but I got to carry my load of sin. I don't find too many people doing that. You know why? <clears throat> because you've been taught <clears throat> that because Jesus took and carried your sins, once you receive the, the redemption that Jesus has given you, you no longer have to carry your, what Jesus carried for you. And they are washed away. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. In the depths, he's buried them in the depths of the deepest sea. And the deepest sea is mighty deep, folks. He's buried them. Never to be remembered against us again. 
Hallelujah. Now that is good news. I don't have to carry my sins. But guess what? That's not the only thing he redeemed me from. He also redeemed me from sickness. Hallelujah. <clears throat> well, if he redeemed me from sickness, how come I'm sick? It's because, number one, you haven't gotten a rhema word on that, and you're not walking by faith in that area. Guess what? He also redeemed you from poverty. Poverty. Yes, he did. The Bible says so. It says Jesus took our poverty on himself. Though he was rich. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. <clears throat> what do you think those wise men brought to Jesus as a young child? First of all, how many wise men were there? <laughs> no, not three. That, that's uh, tradition. You know why people say there's three wise men? Because it says they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But just because they brought three different kinds of things doesn't mean there was three of them. <clears throat> no, if you do your study, do your study. History bears out. They were called the Magi, and they traveled in a group of 50 to 100 kings from the east. You have to understand back in those days, a king would be over a city. They were called city-states. Each city was its own state, its own, had its own government, <clears throat> whatever. And these magi traveled in a group of 50 to 100 because in those days, traveling was very dangerous. There was a lot of bands of marauders and thieves and, <clears throat> and they would come and strip you, steal and kill and take your stuff and you'd never be heard from again. So when the good people traveled, they traveled in great numbers for protection. So we got between 50 and 100 of these kings of the east that are coming to Jesus. And each one of them is bringing one of three things, gold, frankincense, or myrrh. And those three things are the most expensive things, the most valuable things that there was at that time. And they brought them. <clears throat> then you also will notice, if you study, that when a king came to visit another king, <clears throat> you would bring a gift. Now, the gift of a king to another king at that time was normally 200 of whatever it was. If you brought less than 200, it was considered an insult. <clears throat> so, boy, now we're thinking about our Christmas programs and Christmas pageants that we have. And what do we have? We have, we three kings of Orient are trying to smoke a rubber. No, 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 that's not, that not it. <laughs> but we have three guys in, in fancy robes walk down and they're carrying Avon boxes, you know, or Avon uh, perfume holders, you know, because they're fancy. It's the fanciest thing we could find. Or a little box. And they're bringing them down to the front. No, people, that's not how it was. If you brought one of whatever it was and gave it to a king, that was considered an insult. 
you had to bring 200 or more. And there's between 50 and 100 of these kings, and each one of them has 200 or more of what he is giving. <clears throat> Let me tell you something. When they found Jesus in Bethlehem <clears throat> as a young child, and they started laying down there and worshiping here, him and laying down their treasures, <clears throat> by the time they got done, there was literally millions upon millions of dollars worth of treasure sitting there. <clears throat> and at that time, the custom was anything that was given to a child was put in trust. They put it in the bank and it was not given to the child until they reached manhood. <clears throat> now, how old did you have to be to be a man in the Jewish culture? Study it out. 30 years old. When you were 28, you were not a man. When you were 29, you were not a man. <clears throat> when you turned 30, that's when you became a man in their eyes. Huh. Isn't that interesting? When did Jesus start his ministry? When he turned 30. Why? Because nobody going to listen to him until he's a man. And another reason is, when he turns 30, he gets everything that was set aside for him. Jesus was not poor. But the Bible tells us that though he was rich, yet he became poor. When he went to the cross, he lost it all. He lost it all. Because convicted criminals don't get to keep anything. I am personally convinced that that's one of the reasons that the, the, the high priests and the Pharisees and all them, that's why they were going after him. They not only wanted him dead, they wanted his money. Now, if you disagree with that, you can disagree. I, <clears throat> I know human nature. And it, I think that factored in there pretty strong. <clears throat> okay, but it says... Though he was rich, he became poor, that you, through his poverty, might be rich. Whew. Redeemed from poverty to abundance. Remember, you gotta, if you're going to be redeemed from something, you've got to be redeemed to something. You were redeemed from spiritual death, cut off from God, to life with God. You were redeemed from poverty to abundance. You were redeemed from sickness to health. Hallelujah. You see, this is what it's talking about here. This is why it says right in the middle of this, it says the just shall live by faith. Okay, we're running out of time. Hebrews chapter 10, real quick, real quick. Hebrews chapter 10. The verse we looked at was verse 38. <clears throat> oh, no wonder it's wrong. I got Hebrews 11. There we go. <clears throat> 38 says, now the just shall live by faith. <clears throat> Back up to verse 35. Cast not away therefore your confidence, <clears throat> which has great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. <clears throat> now, we're talking about the word of faith, the rhema that energizes your faith. <clears throat> now, what does he say here? He says, 
You have need of patience. What is patience? I don't mean what you think it is. What does the Bible say it is? <clears throat> the word patience in the Bible means to be consistently the same, to stay the same. <clears throat> if you're going to believe that you receive something by faith, stay consistently the same as that. I received it. <clears throat> Amen. Don't cast away your confidence. Stay in patience. <clears throat> that after you have done the will of God, what is the will of God? You got the rhema word, you believed it, you received it, you have acted on it, and you are continuing to act upon it. <clears throat> you stay with it. You continue to act on it. Why? Because that is what patience is, being consistently the same, consistently the same, acting on the word you got from God, and his power will back that up. Verse 37, for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. <clears throat> He's talking about <clears throat> the promise. He's talking about the manifestation. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. <clears throat> There's going to come a day that there will be no more. There will not tarry. You're going to have a manifestation of the word that God spoke to your heart. And because you acted on it here in verse 38, now the just shall live by Faith, hallelujah, <clears throat> we are out of time. Can you believe that? You better, because we are. <clears throat> so, we're out of time for this session of the School of Faith. We're going to be back next Friday, right here, 7 o'clock, Pacific time, <clears throat> and going to be digging into more of the word of faith and how faith works. Now, I call you blessed, and I challenge you, Walk by faith and not by sight. We'll see you next time right here on the School of Faith. We are out of time, but I recommend that you go back and listen to this session over and over until it comes alive on the inside of your heart. Then begin to walk it out in your life. Remember that 1 John 5, 4 tells us that we can have victory over the situations of life and it's going to be by using our faith. This is Apostle Paul DeYoung saying I'll see you in our next session of the School of Faith.